You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Father, for not taking your mercy away from us, for not stripping us of your kindness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for January, February, up to this time, December, the very last month of the year, and the very last episode of our new wine service this year. Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you. Alpha and Omega, we give you thanks. Indeed, it is not of him that wills, not of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. Thank you for showing us mercy. Thank you for mercy at home and away. Thank you, Lord God, for mercy all around. For mercy's dimension expressed as visitation, as preservation, as provision, as protection, for direction. Lord, we thank you. By your mercy, we are not consumed. Ah, your steadfast love. New every morning, Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Your word says, you know, the thoughts that you think towards us. And we have seen those thoughts play out this year. Those thoughts have landed us in promotion. Those thoughts have seen us move jobs. Those thoughts have brought our way. Destiny help us. Vital relationships have opened doors to us that no man could have shut. We thank you. We thank you for ideas that you brought in 2021. We thank you. Lord God, for the people you separated from our lives in 2021. We thank you. From the places that you moved us from, from the places you moved us to. Lord, we thank you. Because we know that all things work together for our good. All things. You don't make mistakes. You are not a man. You have it under control. You are not surprised. You are not faced. Lord, we thank you because... Here we are today, bringing words of adoration, and this is indeed from our hearts. Accept our thanksgiving, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the remaining days this year, thank you. Because we know that it will bring us good in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let our thanksgiving and worship, our singing, our dancing, the gratitude in our hearts, let it be acceptable before you, O Lord. Thank you, Father, once more. As we open your word, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will teach us, and that you will guide us. Spirit of truth, that you will lead us into a truth and show us the will of the Father. And glorify Jesus in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Glory to God. We thank God for this beautiful morning. It's not by our power. It's not by our might. Bible says, by my spirit, says the Lord. And we have overcome. We have come this far. The Lord who has brought us this far will make us see the very last day of this year. And we will cross over successfully. I say we will cross over successfully in the name of Jesus. There will be nothing broken, nothing missing in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. I welcome you specially to today. And today is very special because it's our last um, new wine service for the year 2021. Yes, after today, we'll take a break. Uh, next Saturday is Christmas. We expect that Christmas services we hold in our various uh, churches. So please go ahead and attend Christmas service. And the upper Saturday is the first day of the new year 2022. And uh, that day will be coming right after the tale of watch night service across the world. And uh, people should be sleeping. So please enjoy your sleep. Enjoy the new year. But while we take this break, please take time to reflect and uh, renew yourself. Take time to... Uh, you know, to spend time to listen to God about next year, to, you know, take a retreat, do something, evaluate yourself, you know, appraise how you have run 2021 in different dimensions, 
and chart a pathway for for progress and um, improvement in 2022. So without further ado, I go straight into what we have for today. We conclude our December series today. By the grace of God, we started this month um, addressing the theme that we captured, Let's Balance It. And this was premised on, um, you know, the, the need to address certain things that we have observed in, um, in the body of Christ, um, things that many people have, you know, they've dubbed them poles. They think that they, they are extreme positions. And uh, people, you know, as we are, we are human beings, we, we like to take position. So people have taken position around such poles in our faith. And um, this is um, what we're trying to address to say it's not the interest of the master that we, um, we hold dogmatically to extreme views. Rather, to open scriptures and see the place of each subject. And each subject is important in the faith to see their place and to see how to balance it properly. So our topic today is impartation and consecration. Let's balance them. Impartation and consecration. Two weeks ago, we did uh, discuss balancing power and wisdom. Then last week, we discussed balancing grace and truth. I encourage you to go um, get those messages. They are available for download. They are available for listening on the go, um, to share, to comment. And they are available on different platforms, including Spotify or Anchor or on RSS web um, display. Just look for the name New Wine Teachings. New Wine Teachings. N-U-W-I-N-E Teachings. And um, the Lord will bless you as you do so. So we go quickly into what we have for today. Let's balance it. Impartation and consecration. I'm going to take my text from the book of Mark. The book of Mark chapter 3. And I'm going to read a couple of verses. Bible says about Jesus, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons and he began to mention their names from verse 16 simon and on and on including judas iscariot who betrayed him hmm? listen to this verse very carefully very carefully the bible says in this passage that the Lord Jesus Christ went up to the mountain and he called people. He called people that will be his apostles. Those who will go out there and um, represent him. Those who will advocate for what he stands for, who, for who he is. To showcase to the world who he is. Bible says here, listen and read carefully what the Bible says. He said he called them. Why? He appointed twelve that they might be with him. That they might be with him. So the first purpose in the heart of the master, when he calls us, is that first we should come to be with him. Why is this necessary? It's a time of discipleship. It's a time of him rubbing off on us his ways his views his approach his principles his words he wants to infuse our lives with it so much so the process of transformation begins because of our being with him first thing in the hope that as we spend time with him we learn to follow him. Then, when he sees that we are with him, then he sends us out because we can now carry the message, the message of the kingdom, which he preaches as envoys, as ambassadors, people who have been with him, people who have come to become part of the kingdom. We now go into the world and preach. Are you getting the second point? So point number one, to be with him. That he might 
influence us that we might be transformed incrementally as we are with him then he sends us out to go represent him to preach those things that we have seen those things that we have heard those things that we have received those things that we have learned those things that our hands have handled to go testify about them to the world that is send them to preach but by the way he's not sending us empty he said because i'm sending you you need something to back up the message to know that you are from a different kingdom and you are ambassadors in this current kingdom it says in verse 15 and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons say then i empower you supernaturally to dispense power to express kingdom attributes to the world so when you encounter demons to exercise authority over them cast them out not negotiate with them cast them out when you meet people who are sick to heal their sicknesses to speak over their lives and sicknesses vanish as you preach as you preach the word as you go out to express the kingdom i'm coming i'm building it i'm building it so indeed this is the beginning and that's why for me i think it's very vital to stress the need for this balance in view of the current age we are in as a church and i'm not speaking about a denomination now i'm speaking about the body of christ as a church in this dispensation oh my god if you have not observed it we're in the season of a great outpouring oh god and i'm so loving it i'm so loving it this is what i've prayed for this is what i've yearned for advocated for for years so say this power this promise of the father is not meant for a few it's meant for all flesh it's meant for all flesh all flesh if you go to the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2 Joel chapter 2 I'm going to read a very popular, very popular verse there from verse 28. Joel chapter 2 from verse 28. Bible speaks about the promise of the Father here. It says in verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward. And that afterward is now. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I, that is the Lord speaking, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I love this verse. I have meditated, prayed and cried on this verse for years. I will pour my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. All flesh. No discrimination. All flesh. It says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Glory to Jesus. Your sons and your prophets, they shall prophesy. He's saying, see, it won't matter what their age is. They will be young. They will be young, but I'm going to recruit them into this mighty army. Say, so your sons, this is very deliberate. He said, the people that you think, oh, they are our children, they are young. They are too young to understand. Say, no, 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 they are not young. I, the Lord, am going to pour out my spirit upon them. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And believe me, I have seen a lot of this. In fact, uh, a couple of years, maybe five years ago, dead about, I, I was in a place. It was not a meeting. It was not a church meeting. We were in a house. And um, there was a little boy. I think he, he wasn't up to three years old, maybe two and a half or thereabouts. So we're just there. In fact, we're just around the living room, maybe dining area, you know, just, you know, we're just talking. It was not a church service. We're just talking and, you know, then at some point, one thing led to another. You know, the way preachers are from, from talking, general talk, we always bring the Bible says and, you know, from there, you know, things happen. Then there was a little boy who was there and he was just singing. Believe me, he was just singing. The atmosphere so changed, became so charged. Everyone in the house knew that the presence of God had descended. There were other children in the house who were older than me, maybe children around 
um, seven, nine, fifteen, you know, other children in the house. By the grace of God, that house, that day, people who have never prophesied, they received the Holy Spirit's ability to prophesy that day. Triggered by the worship singing of a little boy that was not even up to three years old. It was a vessel that God used to change the atmosphere that day. And I've seen it happen. Not only that, plenty, plenty. You see it on social media. Children praying and even from online, you can tell something is happening there. So this scripture is true. It is not a fantasy. It is not a fiction. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters. Thank God he mentioned daughters. Because some will say it's only pastors. It's only the men. No, 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 no. It's for everybody. In the spirit, there is no gender. It's for everybody. So your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Oh, thank God he mentioned old men. You know, because again, we like stretching things too hard. We the young people, are, by the grace of God, as the Lord is pouring spirit, his spirit on us, we begin to feel that God is not interested in the old people. He's interested to see what the Bible says. He said, your old men shall dream dreams. That is, I will also speak to them. True dreams. Young men shall see visions. I will open the eyes of the young men. They will see visions. Awake. They will see visions. Their eyes will be open. They will become seers. He said, and also on my main servants and on my maid servants. Hey, wait a minute. I will pour out my spirit in those days. He said, not only. <laughs> Guess what the Bible is saying here? You know, he's talked about your sons, hmm? your daughters. In our conversation, your houseboy. And your house girl. That's what he's saying here. When he says your main servants are your maid servants. That is, I will break the social to the socioeconomic order. Hmm? Those that are on the lower part of the socioeconomic ladder, I will reach out to them. So it's not only the rich believers that I will fill with the power. He said, I will go to those ones that are not rich, those ones that are slaves and servants, the people who you consider to be at the lowest part of the society. He said, I will pour my spirit upon them too. You know, back in the day, the um, early church, they thought <laughs> that the promise of the Father was only for those of them Jews that have come to, to believe Jesus and surrender to Him. And you know, they, they were happy on the day of Pentecost. It was a wee-wee kind of thing. It was just them. That's why it was a surprising thing. If you recall the book of Acts chapter 2, it was a surprising thing when you, you had men from Galilee and women from Galilee speaking languages of other nations. They were not supposed to speak it. Why? Because the people of other nations were not there. It was just them. They were Jews. Majority of them were Galileans. Hmm? So they, they thought that the power of the Holy Spirit was something that was now exclusive to them. Because they were the Jews that believed Jesus Christ and received the promise of the Father on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Until God shocked uh, Peter in chapter 10 of the book of Acts. God showed him a vision. He said he saw heaven open and you know somebody was lowering something for corner and there were different kinds of animals. You know, Acts chapter 10 about the Cornelius, uh, the centurion. And you know, and God told him, Peter, point and key. Peter said, no, Lord, I've never touched or eaten anything unclean in my life. He said, why do you call unclean what I, the Lord, has called clean? He said three times. God was trying to say, try to get it. This thing is not exclusive to your class. Mm -mm, it's not exclusive to your class. My intention is to pour out the Spirit upon all flesh. Let me quickly even run there. The book of um, Acts chapter 10. Yes. Acts chapter 10. If you read from verse 44, the Bible says, Why Peter was still speaking these words? Glory to Jesus. Why Peter was still speaking these words? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Eh? Surprise. As many as came with Peter. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter said, Abba. Can anyone forbid water that this should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Of course, he stayed a few days so that he can now teach them more. Hmm? So you can, and you see that if you go to the following chapter, that now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with blah blah blah. So basically, they heard in verse one 
that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So they didn't only receive the Holy Spirit. Peter stayed back to ensure that they received the word of God. You know, you will see patterns of that all through scriptures. This same Acts chapter 11, you will see how um, Barnabas, when he came to Antioch, went to Tarsus to go and fetch Paul. And they stayed there one year to teach the people. To teach the people. And the Bible says that it was in Antioch that the believers were fought cause Christians. So it is not just the importation. Oh, notice that what happened there was importation. I hope you get it. Yes, the most popular way of impartation is by laying on of hands. But it's not the only way. It's the most popular way. So the Bible said here that Peter was speaking. Read your Bible. Uh, verse 44. Peter, while still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. He didn't have to lay hands on them. Oh yes, you can and you should. And it is one of the most popular ways of impartation, laying hands on people. But here the Bible is saying, actually, people can be imparted even by the the sound of heaven coming through the word of God coming through the word of God while Peter was speaking the word of God the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they began to speak in tongues you understand and magnify the Lord so you, you see here that God is saying I'm not a discriminator I'm pouring out my spirit right left and center in fact you see now more and more young people are experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost like never before in fact, many are not just receiving. God is using them as channels. He's using them as channels to disseminate the spirit by impartation. And I thank God for what God is doing in our, in our own local church. I, I see the, the, the reports that I'm getting. I, I, I am so blessed and glad that the grace of God is working upon us like never before. The grace for impartation is at work. And you see, when somebody catches fire, they begin to spread the fire. Great! And this is something that we must sustain. This is something we must sustain. But we've got to balance it. And that's why we're teaching this topic. You know, because of the heightened interest in the supernatural abilities that come through impartation, you know, and the experiences and the encounters... We see now that um, it would appear that there is, there is a skillness towards just gravitating towards impartations alone. And we are leaving something very key called consecration. Today, by the grace of God, we would keep on taking it step by step like this until we reach the, the crux of the message. So my intention is to draw our attention back to the need for balance between impartation and consecration. You know, you, you go online, you see a lot of messages, and this is fantastic. I'm so happy about it. A lot of messages, a lot of ministries, a lot of ministers of trying to stir up the atmosphere, a lot of worship leaders and, you know, uh, praise singers for the Lord, minstrels. You know, we, we can see now that these things we preach is, is not fake. You know, when we preach about the power of God, the, the existence of the supernatural, how to enter into it, how to operate in it, it looks as if oh, they say, oh, these pastors, what are they smoking? What kind of weed are these pastors smoking? But now you see it's not weed because it's happening to you. <laughs> it, I'm sure you have seen somebody who fell under the anointing. Even by reason of you being in an atmosphere, God has used you to also disseminate it. You are speaking or you are ministering, you are praying or you are leading prayer and you see people falling right around you. I'm sure it has happened to you or at least you've seen it happen. You've been in a meeting where it's happening. So it's real. <laughs> not all of us can be faking it. If everybody is faking it, at least you have experienced it. You know it's not fake. So we are glad about it but we are saying, wait a minute, balance it, balance it, balance it. And I'm not even talking about the fake. I'm talking about the original. Say, so let's balance it, let's balance it. After the falling, there's life. Hmm? There's life after falling. Don't be carried away that, oh, I fell under the anointing or I was ministering and somebody fell under the anointing. Don't be carried away. It is very good. In fact, very, very key. But that's not all. It's more than that. In fact, I was, <laughs> I was sharing with someone earlier, earlier, um, this, this week, you know, about an experience that I've, I've had. I was in a meeting and, um, 
uh, by the grace of God, the move of God was mighty in the meeting, and we're on break, so I, I took time to go sit with the brethren. I think we're even just doing recreation, and, and uh, we're having sports, um, just a sport break before we go back to the for the evening session. And, um, you know, as usual, um, so someone walked up to me and said, Pastor, um, I noticed that during the early, early uh, session today, during the impartation, many people, you know, fell and, uh, you know, there was prophetic word for different people, you know, but I did not fall. What? What? Why did I fall? Is it that this? <laughs> so I, I, I was counseling the person. I said, no, 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 don't be moved by people are falling. I did not fall. Even me, I want to fall. Like, uh, so I tried to teach the person to say, no, no, it's not like that. So falling means different, different, different things. And people fall for different, different reasons. If your desire is that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that's a good desire. And if in the process you fall, that's also something good. But desire first to meet the person of the Holy Spirit, then his gifts come as addition. So don't just chase the gifts and ignore the giver. He wants you to give your own life to him so that he can always find you as a ready vessel to use to disseminate his power to express his glory. I said that's more important than the falling. And by the grace of God, um, later, I think in a later session, maybe the following day, um, then she came to me and said, Oh, Pastor, I fell. I fell. I said, Okay, you're happy now you fell. But don't rejoice that you fell. Rejoice rather that you can stand on the word of God. Rejoice rather that you can stand on the word of God. Rejoice. Let's read about one brother who received impartation in scriptures. First Samuel chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10. Turn your Bibles with me, please. Um, it's the first king of Israel. His name, Brother Saul. The Bible speaks concerning him in verse 5, and I'm sure we know this story all too well, so I'm not going to read everything. The Bible says, After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with stringed instruments, a tambourine, and a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait, till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those things, all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. <laughs> and it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this thing that has come upon son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? We know the story very well about um, the first king of Israel, his name Saul. How he was looking for his father's donkey and one thing led to another. He found his way in the house of the prophet Samuel and the prophet anointed him to be king. You know, you know, you know the rest of that story. But this part of the story was when a prophetic word came to him. Just like a prophetic word had come to us in the book of Joel chapter 2. So a prophetic word came to him and said, uh, Saul, he said, as you are going, plenty of things will happen. Hmm? He gave him accurate, accurate prophecy of what will happen. This one is not guesswork. Then you will see people coming. You will see the first set. You will see the second set. Then you will see the, the third set, the band of prophets. He said they will be coming down from the hill. When you see them, they will be prophesying. He said because you are in their midst as they are prophesying, something will follow you. You too will be prophesying. That's impartation. That's impartation. That is, you are going to be in an environment where the prophetic and the apostolic demonstration of the power of God is at play. It says something will fall on you. You won't know. You will try to resist it, but your mouth will just open and you'll be speaking a language you never practiced, you never learned. You'll be declaring and declaring things nobody taught you or told you. 
He said, this is the way it works. That's the way it works in the kingdom. So, the Bible said, everything the prophet told him happened. Everything happened. Indeed, the Holy Spirit came upon, that is on his head, came upon him, conferring to him power to prophesy. But wait a minute, we know how the story ended. The very instruction he was given after the prophecy, he disobeyed. Hello? We don't get it. The reason those prophetic words were given to him, the reason Samuel told him the sequence of things that will happen was because of the instruction that everyone needed to give him. So we get carried away. Oh, this man of God is so accurate. This is forensic prophecy. He got everything right to every detail. He called my phone number. He called my email address. He called my uh, house number. In fact, he called the name of my first dog. That's good. What is the purpose? If you miss the purpose, you have missed the entire message. The purpose was written in this um, verse 7. It said, and let it be when these signs, signs. <laughs> so the prophesying that he was going to do was a sign. So when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gideon. And surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings. And make sacrifice of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait. Wait, wait, wait. The instruction is wait. <laughs> wait till I come to you. And show you what you should do. You don't know what to do. This prophesying is a sign. It doesn't mean that you have arrived is a sign that you are going somewhere. So go there and wait for me because further instruction is coming. Many of us bail out. The moment you begin to speak in tongues, you say, you don't finish. All those pastors, they don't finish now. They don't go see, see me scam again. Even myself, I've started to prophesy. Ah, 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 ah. Bros, sis, wait there. It's a sign. That's what the Bible says here. So, after all the impartation that brought about Saul's ability to prophesy, he still ended up disobeying God. Not once. God gave him another chance. He disobeyed God again. God said, go and destroy the whole of Amalek. Take nothing out. Keep nothing alive. He studied fine ones. God said, oh, no, this guy is not ready. This guy is not ready. He's interested in the anointing on his head as king and the expression of the spirit that was given to him because he prophesied. Uh-uh-uh. He's not ready to submit to me. That's where consecration comes in. Consecration is when you surrender and say, Yes, the Spirit has come upon my head. But I must allow it to work inside of me to teach me the virtues of the kingdom. Virtues of patience. Obviously, one thing that Saul lacked, he could not wait. The seventh day came. Samuel hadn't shown up. The man had to do what he was not supposed to do. He did not have self-control, the virtue of self-control. When the people were pressuring him, let us save the best things in Amalek. He could not resist. He saved them. And when he was even confronted, he said, but what is this sound of bleating that I'm hearing? I thought you said you killed everything, including all the animals. So what is this sound? He said, I, I only stole them so that I can sacrifice it to your God. He said, does God delight in sacrifices? Is it not better to obey than to sacrifice? Is it not better? So obviously, Saul did not understand the difference between the spirit resting on us, conferring abilities, abilities to express the gifts. He didn't understand the difference between the spirit dwelling in us, transforming us, conforming us to the image of Christ bringing forth in us the fruit of the Spirit as enunciated in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. So didn't understand that. The Bible says in the book of Galatians if you go to chapter 5 and we begin to read from um, verse um, 22. It's about the fruits of the Spirit that is of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not the sitting on our heads, empowering for ministry, 
empowering for the display of the gift of the spirit he said there's a difference he said the one that lives inside the one that teaches us submission that teaches us surrender he said these are the things that come from our interaction with him he said the spirit the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law and those who are christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires brethren big difference big difference between when the holy spirit sits on our head and we allow him to live inside of us big difference when he sits on our head and this is what happens during impartation when we are in an atmosphere that is charged where the word of God is going out, or where the man of God or the woman of God comes to lay hands on us or moves in our vicinity. Ah, maybe you've not experienced it. You see, there are certain meetings you go into. The man of God moves around you. You feel like fire past your side and something rubs off on you. There is an induction of some sort and you catch fire. He said, when you are in that environment, he said, what happens is that the Holy Spirit sits on you. He sits on you. When he sits on you on your head it enables you to now express the gifts speaking in tongues prophesying word of knowledge word of wisdom and so on and so forth it empowers you to do ministry remember where we started from he called them to be with him that he may send them out to preach and therefore receive power to cast out demons to heal sicknesses and the likes hmm? If you go to the book of Acts chapter chapter 2 and you will see that the use of words is deliberate. The use of words is quite deliberate. You go to Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Bible says the Holy Spirit. Hmm? See what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. It said the Holy Spirit in verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat Upon, upon, look at the word, upon each of them. So he sat on their heads. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's, let's go to another place just so that this point becomes abundantly clear. Acts, the same book of Acts chapter 19. If you go to the chapter 19 of the same book of Acts, I read from, um, Verse 1. This was Paul when he was at Ephesus. Bible says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is even the Holy Spirit. Say, Really? And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism, then Paul said, ah, no, no, we have, we have upgraded now. We have moved on. We have moved on from that kind of baptism. Um, John's baptism. Said, John was teaching baptism based on repentance as a core message. Saying to the people that they should believe on him. Who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, the Bible says, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And verses. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Again, see what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Look at the word again. Upon them. So, when it comes upon us, the evidences we see, usually, are those gifts of the Holy Spirit. When it comes upon us, all that is good. It confers on us ability to express the power of God. But that's not the only part. No, no. If you go to Second Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, you will see different other expressions to buttress that the Holy Spirit not only wants to come upon us, He wants to dwell in us. He wants to live inside of us. Second Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 13 and 14 bible says in verse 13 listen please 
hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. Hmm? Say, those things I have taught you. He said, hold them fast in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. See your Bible. Which who dwells in us. He's saying for you to be able to treasure, protect, garrison those words, those doctrines, those teachings that you have received. Say so you need the help of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, not who is on our head now. Hmm? Who dwells in us. That is the person, not the gift. The gift dwells on us. The person dwells in us. Again, the gift comes on us. The person of the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's saying for you to be able to live a Christian life, keeping the doctrines of the Lord Jesus, treasuring His ways, protecting, contending for the faith. He said you need more than what is on your head. That is those gifts. You need the person of the Holy Spirit to help you. Because you can't help yourself. You can't. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're getting there gradually. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you read from verse 18. Hmm? Bible says, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Hmm? I say, do you not know? Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God. He says, hmm, it's not just on you. It's in you. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. You've been bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So he's saying there is a different positioning we need to take with respect to the Holy Spirit that will enable us to live the kind of life that pleases the Master Jesus. So that only happens when we allow the indwelling Holy Spirit to take control of us, of our hearts, of our body, where we voluntarily surrender them to Him. So, the balance we are advocating for here is that between the Holy Spirit living on us by expression of His gift and living in us by producing the fruit of the Spirit. We have to balance it. We must balance both expression of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because carrying the anointing after an impartation and not backing it up with the character of Christ, that which comes through consecration, it will do more damage to the church in the long term. Because today they see you prophesying. Tomorrow they see you cut pants down. How do you explain it? How? Today they see you. You are on the stage. You are vibrating. You are decreeing and declaring. And the next time they see you compromising, how do you balance it? Do you not discredit the faith? The balance is in the place of consecration. Where we go beyond what is on our head and we submit to Him who lives on the inside, is the representative of the Father. He lives inside of us. So when we surrender to Him, we surrender to the Father. What's this consecration we're talking about? You know, there are different definitions of consecration. You know, sometimes it's when we are doing Holy Communion and we consecrate the bread and the wine. We declare them holy. We say this is no longer bread. This has become the body of the Lord. This is no longer wine. It has become the blood of Jesus. You know, that's some form of consecration. But that's not what we're talking about when I use the word consecration here. Until that times, we use consecration for ordination when we bring out ministers and we, we anoint them publicly and we decree that they are coming into a sacred office, and we show the whole world. That's part of consecration, but that's not what I want to focus on today. No. 
the area of consecration i want to emphasize and advocate for balance with impartation is that which requires setting ourselves apart for god a conscious decision your will your will god didn't take your will when he gave you the spirit he didn't take your will your will to say i surrender i surrender Paul begging the Romans, the Roman Christians in chapter 12, he said, I beseech you, brethren, with the mercies of the Lord, that you present your bodies unto the Lord, a living sacrifice, pure and holy. He said, this is your reasonable and acceptable service. Presenting yourself, that is, making yourself accountable to God. Because upon impartation, many things can get into our heads. And you begin to say, ah, she we were not holy when God gave us this spirit. Eh, so holiness is not required. Ah, 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 ah. It is true that we do not have power because we are holy. But because we carry the power, we must submit to him who is holy. He said, pursue peace and holiness without men. Without which, no man shall see the Lord. It's in your Bible. Ah. So because the power has come, we should conduct ourselves differently. I was listening to the testimony of um, our brother Nathaniel Bassi. Uh, a number of years back about how God called him into this ministry or when, when he reached the tipping point basically when he reached the tipping point he got a call and that, that call changed the course of his testimony he said someone that he didn't know from nowhere they were just worshipping he was with his group they were worshipping and a call came and announced to him that he has been shifted. He has been shifted from where he is spiritually to a new level. And that as a result of what has happened, he said, now you need to conduct yourself differently. He said that was the instruction the person gave him. And that's a biblical instruction. Those of us who carry the vessels of the Lord, there is additional demand of consecration on us. Not as a show of piety or self-righteousness. But in submission to the Lord who called us and empowered us by his gift through impartation. To say we have to make a conscious decision to say I'm going to set myself apart for God. Go to Romans chapter Romans chapter 6. It's a long read. I'm not sure I'm going to read all of this. So what shall we say then? I'm reading from verse 1. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do we not know that as many of us that were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? He kept on going. He kept on going. He got to um, verse 12. He said, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body and that you should obey his lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Is it because the grace of God has been released to you? And as a proof of it, he has given the token of the Holy Spirit manifest by his gifts upon your life he said be careful it's time to, to surrender yourself and surrender yourself unto God be set apart for his good works be dedicated um, in book of 2nd Timothy I'm ra 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 wrapping up now book of 2nd Timothy chapter 2 if you read from verse 20 Bible was talking about different vessels in a big house he said some vessels they are unto honor some are out to dishonor. Said, if anyone therefore shall purify himself, it shall be a vessel of honor, fit for the master's use. You know, in that scripture, <laughs> Lord Jesus help me. In that scripture, it's not only the master that is in the house, it says it's a big house. It said other people can be using other vessels. The one that the master will use. The master. The master. Said the one that the master will use. Say he will purify himself. So that he can be fit for the master's use. They are vessels. So each one of us have become vessels. The impartation has come. 
will become vessels. They said, but it's not every vessel that the master will use. It's not. And it does not matter their makeup, whether they are gold, silver, they are clay or wood. Mm -mm. He said, the quality is that they purify themselves. They purify themselves. As unto the Lord. He is submission unto them to say, I surrender to him. That I will continue to be a vessel of honor. So while both impartation and consecration are vital for our lives and for our ministry as Christians, Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself, he taught us to focus on what is more important. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I love what Jesus said here. Very instructive. Luke chapter 10. Bible says in verse 17. He said, when the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20. Say, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, oh, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That is, it is more important that your names are written in heaven. That you make heaven than that you are able to receive impartation or minister impartation. Mm -mm. If you read Matthew chapter 7, <laughs> oh Lord Jesus, help me. Matthew chapter 7, start from verse 20. This is a very dangerous scripture. Each time I read this scripture, like Lord, have mercy. Matthew chapter 7, if you start from verse 20, it says, Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. He was speaking about false prophets. He said, What counts is the fruits, hmm? not the gifts. Mm -mm, not by their gifts. It's by the fruits. Impartation gives us gifts and opens us to new levels and other channels. The indwelling Holy Spirit and our submission to Him produces fruits. So Jesus was saying here, therefore by their fruits you will know them. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So He was telling these people, He said, don't rejoice that the demons, they were afraid when you were talking. And as you were preaching, they were screaming. He said, it's good. But that's not all. That's not all. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus. What counts more is our relationship with the Master Jesus. And in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have to go beyond making him a goal. It must be your all. In fact, some of us don't even make him a goal at all. We make him a means to power. No, you can't be using Jesus or using the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must become our goal. Conformity through his health to the image of Christ must be our goal. Not just using him to have access to power. Mm -mm. That's not how it works. As we conclude today, I, I would like to, to ask us to pray. To ask us to pray. This, this, this is for me the crux of the matter. I want you to pray. And um, what we pray, uh, him will, will come up. One of my favorite hymns, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated on Today. As the hymn is going on, I want you to start to pray. I want you to consecrate yourself. The Bible says in that Second Timothy chapter 2, it said that vessel that will purify himself, say will be fit for the master's use. Fit. You're already a vessel in the hands of God. Thank God for impartation. But go to the next level. To be fit for the master's use. Master's use. Anything that the master is using, you know the devil will have pride in saying, I too can use the same vessel that the master is using. I don't want him to be able to brag on, on you. Pray. Surrender to the Lord. 
Set yourself apart. Set yourself apart for God. I want you to rededicate your life, your entire life to Him as this theme comes right now. Begin to pray. of our surrender unto you. We consecrate ourselves unto you. We rededicate ourselves unto you. Lord, we say we will not be carried away. Lord, we say we will allow ourselves to work with your Holy Spirit living inside of us to be transformed into the image of your Son in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you will continually find us as vessels unto honor fit for the master's use in the name of jesus christ lord god that if you have an errand to run that you will find us ready and fit for your use in the name of jesus christ as your own voice on this planet we will carry your message to the ends of the 
us in the name of Jesus Christ and the nations will be discipled. The nations will be brought to obedience of the cross in the name of Jesus and in all that Christ will be glorified through our lives and through our ministries in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father Lord God, because as we proceed on this short break ahead of next year, we we'll pray that you will keep us that you will be with us, that no one will be missing. In the name of Jesus, when we return here on the second Saturday in the month of January, Lord God will pray, Father, that no one will be missing. In the name of Jesus, that you will keep each one of us in perfect peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God, for open heavens. I pray that indeed that you will open heavens upon us. In the name of Jesus, in the new year, Baba, Lord God, that we will experience changing paradigms like never before that the things that we did not know existed opportunities we did not know existed that you will open them up to us in the name of jesus that you will expand our reach you will expand our abilities and you will expand the outcomes that will come from our works in the name of jesus christ that we will reach farther than we have reached before in the name of jesus and each one of us will be better Better by far, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord, because you are the one who has the ability to keep us. Keep us in your love. Keep us in your will. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. I want to specially wish you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in advance. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.